Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Wilms Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wilms. Hello everyone and welcome back to Wilms Front for another featured interview show on this Sunday, the 15th of October 2023. We are broadcasting on the Wilms Front YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. It is 9 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria. The question that many Western world leaders can't answer now is, what is a woman? A basic scientific biological question, which even 20 years ago, everyone around the world could answer without hesitation. Yet here we are in the current year where we see leaders nervously waffle through what they believe the definition of a woman is, or they do provide a definition of what a woman is with an asterisk. An adult human female who is at the front line of the relentless assault on biological sex and reality is Kiralee Smith, director of Binary Australia, who at the moment is fighting a second apprehension violence order by a male uh, that she identified playing in a women's sporting competition and has also been forced into a compulsory mediation at the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal by a male she allegedly misgendered by referring to him as a male. Kira Lee, welcome back to Wilmsfront. Thanks for having me again, Tim. We last spoke back in February 2020, before the world went crazy over COVID-19. The world is still crazy, which you are experiencing firsthand with all the lawfare I mentioned, uh, aimed at you, uh, as mentioned. Uh, <laughs> so biological reality is fast becoming illegal, it seems. Oh, look, it's absolutely insane. And as you said, who would have, even five years ago, you know, who would have thought that uh, calling a woman a, a, a adult human female and sticking to uh, sex-based realities uh, would be controversial. But here we are, not only is it controversial, but uh, women like myself are being heavily penalised in lawfare, uh, losing their jobs, being ostracised um, and bullied in many, many ways. Um, you know, we've cut... <laughs> I thought we'd come so far in women's rights and our place in society, and now here we are fighting all over again. And now you were in Victoria this week at our parliament. You've attended uh, several uh, Why Can't Women Talk About Sex events in parliaments across Australia. I believe there was one federally in the New South Wales parliament and down here in Victoria uh, just this week where more redeeming uh, independent Liberal MLC in the up house, her motion to hold a, a parliamentary inquiry into gender affirming care. And I use the, 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 the quotation marks there because that is basically another Orwellian uh, term. And it used to be, it used to be called basic, uh, a, well, uh, a sex uh, reassignment uh, treatment or medical intervention that was voted down along party lines uh, the well progressive block in the victorian upper house should be called the regressive <laughs> block of the liberal government greens animal justice party and the legalized cannabis party uh, all voted it down yeah, look, it's it's again, it's really heartbreaking that these uh, activist politicians would rather put their own ideological beliefs um, to validate their feelings rather than to put kids first. And the the reality is that. Um, these inquiries are really needed and wherever these inquiries have been conducted around the world, like the UK, Sweden, Norway, Finland and many states in the US, um, they've stopped using these really harmful, uh, you know, and Moira said catastrophic, uh, permanent drugs such as puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones because it does irreversible damage to children and children cannot consent to the sort of harm that is being done to them in the name of gender ideology. So, um, you know, I guess the politicians 
showed us their true colours uh, this week uh, in um, in the Victorian Parliament uh, by refusing to have that inquiry. And you have to ask, you know, what are they afraid of? Um, if they so believe that this treatment pathways are the best for children, then wouldn't the evidence support that? But they don't want the evidence. They don't want it to come to light. They don't want uh, to save our kids. Well, the argument that they always put forward is that uh, you're attacking vulnerable children, like you're anti-trans, uh, uh, attacking uh, vulnerable a vulnerable uh, group. I know that even though the state of Victoria is uh, pretty much broke, uh, Dan Andrews, he's always found a few million there for uh, LGBT hotlines uh, because of uh, harmful protests. It, look, it's not phobic in any way, shape or form. This is really about the children and what is best for them. We know that puberty blockers uh, cause sterility. Uh, boys especially who take them will never experience any sort of sexual function as an adult. There'll be bone and brain development issues. So, you know, this isn't, again, about feelings. This is about hard facts that cause very serious physiological problems with developing children. And we have very strong boundaries and controls on what kids can and can't do, such as they can't get tattoos until they're at least 16 and in some states 18. They can't drive vehicles. They can't drink alcohol. They can't get married. They can't vote because we recognise scientifically that a person's brain isn't fully developed until they're 25. And so uh, to allow children to go down these pathways or and to encourage children to do this is is just insanity it is cruel it's not kindness in any way shape or form and it's lying to the children because nobody can change their sex so no amount of these drugs costumes name changes whatever it is will satisfy in the long run because it's based on a lie it's not based on the truth and I think, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and uh, that was such an empowering time, especially for women, but there was such a movement of be yourself, embrace who you are and didn't matter. You know, there were so many tomboys and there were effeminate, um, you know, guys who were effeminate and that was all okay because we just embraced, you know, uh, that that non-conforming um you know, we didn't have to uh, go with the stereotypes. And yet here we are saying if a child is wanting to appropriate the stereotypes of the opposite sex, therefore they must be the opposite sex. Therefore we have to go down these drastic pathways to try and convince the world that they're the opposite sex, but they'll never be the opposite sex. The sex is written on every single cell in our body. So I don't think it's kind to kids. I think it's really cruel and uh, the evidence shows us that it's very harmful uh, to their developing bodies. So your position is about the the medical intervention or or or, or the the drugs that are used to or try and medically uh, transition uh, genders a uh, sex which is biologically impossible. Uh, so a a biological male or female they they should be free to express themselves if they want and obviously children uh most most girls are in like uh, there's always been these experiments uh, that uh, put them in a room with a a truck or a barbie uh almost all of the girls will pick the barbie and all of the boys will pick the truck uh, but there will be uh, some boys and girls with like no pushing or anything like that because there is obviously a lot of uh, indoctrination and social re-engineering Hearing, but there's always been uh, some uh, boys that'll pick the Barbie and some girls that'll pick the truck, which is obviously if they want to do that, that's and it's their decision, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that they should be injected with drugs to change their biology. Absolutely correct, Tim. Like, again, you know, guys can wear whatever they like. Girls can wear whatever they like. Have whatever hairstyle you want. Um, choose your own name. You know, if you don't like the name the parents have given you, then choose your own name. But it's this imposition um, of 
then, yeah, saying that physically we have to change their bodies because they're not embracing who they are. And usually the children have underlying issues such as autism or trauma or abuse or something that's caused them to question their identity in the first place. So I think there's a lot kinder ways and gentler ways uh, that we can support children through the very difficult pathway of adolescence. And let's face it, I don't think any of us really embraced it and thought it was fabulous. It's a very difficult time, but it's a passage to adulthood and more importantly, maturity. And we're robbing these children from those pathways that will enable them to uh, become resilient and deal with very uh, difficult things because life is very difficult in many ways. And uh, if we remove that ability from them to go through the normal passageway, the human right that it is to become an adult, then we're creating untold harm. And the harms that we know about are dreadful, but I think that we'll find uh, even more as time goes by. And one of those great harms that we're seeing is uh, detransition, is the lack of support, the isolation and uh, the ongoing health concerns that these people have is just dreadful. Uh, you met at the Victorian Parliament, Mel Jeffries, who was one of the detransitioners who was featured on the Seven Spotlight special uh, with Liam Bartlett. Now, I watched that and I got the impression that uh, Mel Jeffries still has a lot of issues and she it seemed I don't uh, obviously I'm not judging her uh, I'm not obviously this is just the impression that I I got is that she saw a that basically transitioning was well uh, was sold and she believed it at the time of solving some of her issues which in the end she figured out it didn't yeah that's correct and mel's story unfortunately is very common uh, among people in this community and um you know it was if you can get through watching her interview without um you know feeling very emotional then i don't know maybe you need to check your heartbeat because that was a really heart-wrenching interview on the spotlight program and uh you know she was um she was more joyful at parliament house but still had some really horrific truths to share and uh you know it it didn't resolve her issues and now she has a lot of other complex issues because she had a double mastectomy uh she's not going to be able to breastfeed children that's not reversible and uh some of the things that the drugs uh, did to her body, um, as well as what's been done to her emotions and her mind, um, it is really horrifying and quite cruel. And we know that girls in particular uh, are either on the spectrum or have had some sort of trauma and trying to escape their sexuality of being female. Uh, for guys, it's often the opposite, that it's um, through exposure to too much pornography and uh, they it's a very sexualized autogynephilia uh, condition that that causes them to want to transition but either way guys and girls who go through these processes are left with great harm uh, often many infections and then the complications of uh, their bone density or high cholesterol uh, brain development issues and uh, I'm, I'm sure the list will just keep going on and on that uh, condition that you mentioned, uh, orgophilia. Autogynephilia, yep. Autogynephilia. Autogynephilia. Yeah. And so I saw uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson mentioned that on Twitter. So that is actually a fetish where men Correct. dressing up as women or it can be women dressing up as men as a form of sexual arousal. Yes, correct. And it's it's much more common in males. It's much more common in males who have, as I said, excessive pornography consumption. Uh, they are definitely aroused not only by themselves as a woman, but by entering women's spaces and dominating in those women's spaces. And unfortunately, social media is now becoming full of images of those males entering female change rooms in particular or bathrooms, uh, taking photos of themselves with erections, um, you know, with even masturbating and things like that. It's quite horrific. Um, not all males who want to appear as female have this condition, but many do. And uh, the, the the reality for women is how do we know whether the man in our change room is that man or not? Uh, and it can be quite disturbing and could escalate uh, to a really dangerous situation for many women. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, 
uh, Wokely cartoons, uh, which one of uh, its most famous cartoons was this one, uh, How to Flash in the Woke Era. And so back in the olden days, if a man flashed in a female's uh, space, he'd be charged with indecent exposure. But if he does it uh, today and says he's trans, then the woman can be arrested for hate speech, bigotry, uh, turf discrimination. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the most uh, public examples of this is the swimmer Leah Thomas, who, you know, he's a he's a massive guy, has all his gear intact and uh, would change naked in the uh, women's change room and, and in front of girls, young girls, school girls uh, who were competing in swimming events. And that's really disturbing for teenage girls who are developing. Um, it's, a, it's frightening, but it's also, you know, it's something that that little girls, children never need to be exposed to. And, uh, again, you know, women, we need our safe spaces. We need places where we can go for privacy, for dignity and for safety. And uh, these men, um, you know, seem to be getting, especially from um, public swimming pools and things like that, they're getting preferential treatment over and above uh, the women who those we have those separate spaces to begin with because it's, it's widely recognised throughout the world that men in different men and women are different and have different needs and uh, there should be private spaces for all of us. Well, when it comes to toilets and change rooms, I'm an advocate for privacy, period. I mean, obviously, I'm a, a biological male, as, but uh, at uh, Federation Square, as, so which is a iconic uh, public place in Melbourne, the male bathrooms are now male plus female with urinals. And that makes me as a male uncomfortable that there could be women there. And I don't even like using urinals myself. I'm not comfortable in bas basically whipping it out in front of other men. I use the, the cubicles. And even then, when they're not, they're not fully enclosed most of the time, as that's so it's not exactly private and obviously and a lot of men rooms, say the same thing sorry Tim, and, to interrupt when, you but yeah a lot of men say that and when it comes to to change rooms it seems to be in the u.s in particular that's why a use like there are these cases where uh trans women biological males uh shower in the communal uh showers uh, displaying their penis or one of the uh, the the weirdest uh, lines that a journalist write these days is her penis i'm sure you'd agree i i think that these communal showers i think uh, they they need to be removed like there's i know that in australia a lot of modern change rooms have private uh, cubicles because even in single sex spaces, there are there are perverts like in male uh, change rooms and toilets. There are biological male perverts who try to perv on males and and boys. And obviously, it's less common with biological females, but it can happen. I just think it, there needs to be a more focus on privacy in these intimate spaces. Period. Oh, absolutely. You know, and in this day and age, as you said, and sexual abuse and uh, child abuse uh, is rampant and uh, we could do it, go a long way to protecting individuals by having those private spaces. And uh, I think, you know, I'd champion that idea wholeheartedly. I'm not sure if you've seen this meme, which uh, attacks uh, people such as yourself uh, when it comes to uh, wanting uh, stronger regulations about uh, bathrooms. So it's it has this uh, woman peering in, hi, just checking if you have a penis or vagina. I don't want you to make me feel uncomfortable. And obviously I don't want police to come and barge into uh, to uh, toilets because again they are uh, they in spaces and I've seen the third wave uh, feminists such as I'll mention the ones that uh, that that I've seen uh, Clementine Ford uh, Victoria Fielding and Jane Caro they've said look we've probably shared uh, 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 being in the same bathroom as trans women not knowing it like what's their big deal. 
Look, and, you know, that's quite possible. I'm sure we've all shared spaces with people that we don't understand or know their true identity. But um, you don't need to check a male's pants to know that he's male. You know, the Adam's apple usually gives it away um, and the jawline and, um, you know, other features. It's it's an innate ability that human beings have to recognise whether they're person in front of them is male or female and um you know regardless of whether some women like those ones you just mentioned are comfortable sharing spaces with males or not the reality is that there are many many women and girls that are not comfortable and we have women's and girls spaces for women and girls not for males who appropriate the stereotypes or think or wish that they were female and so you know, I would say to them, either go 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 the whole hog and have absolutely no division in society between male and female and see how that works out for you, or let's get back to reality, back to basics, back to biology. And, um, you know, there's absolutely no reason for a male to be in a female space. I know that some local parks now, they just have individual, like, fully enclosed cubicles in a park. I remember I went to a... a, a went to a birthday party at a public park which had those there they are fully enclosed and obviously anyone regardless of gender can use one but it is private and it and it's like they're they're out in the open like you know those cubicles that are at music festivals mainly uh, because obviously they're imported imported there uh, because again uh, the the old-fashioned public male and female toilets in in parks uh, because there, there's this polluted path in again that makes it easy for sort of predators to, to come in and others not see while i'm not sure if you know the sort of designs that i'm talking I about i'd be interested I to do. get your perspective yeah, look, um, we've got those in uh, my town as well. And, uh, you know, I think they're more than reasonable. As you said, the doors go all the way down, all the way up. It's a fully enclosed cubicle. Um, you come out and, you know, wash your hands um, in a public space, but it's usually on full display for all of the public. So um, in my experience, my understanding, they are relatively safe and a much better option uh, than, as you said, the, the hidden entryways, the possibility of males um, entering into female spaces. So I don't have a problem with that at all uh, this is what i think like we we have been able to have a proper conversation about what is the uh, the the best solution here to protect everybody uh, but that of course it, the, the, these sorts of practical discussions are, are lost in the uh, the name calling and uh, the the shutting down of debate yeah absolutely um there seems to be you know, I guess it's the activist mantra, isn't it? Just to yell and scream, to vilify, to bully uh, your opponent into submission and into obedience. And, uh, you know, th this is way too important a conversation that must be had. And if you have something reasonable to say, then you shouldn't be afraid to come and, and uh, put forward your view. So I'm very happy to listen to uh, opposing views. I'm very confident in my view and happy to share it with anyone who wants to listen. But, um, you know, history has proven or cultures have proven that uh, females need greater protections uh, when it, because of our physiology, because of our bodies and the way they work. And uh, I, it's just mind-boggling to me that we're even having to have these conversations in Australia and that when we do, uh, we, we, we get dragged before tribunals and courts and, uh, you know, some women have lost their jobs uh, over just speaking plain, rational truth. Now, in New South Wales, uh, Chris Minns, the Premier, uh, he, uh, he he wants to introduce and he's relying on the support of uh, independents such as uh, Alex Greenwich. Uh, what it, I looked up the, 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 the transgender uh, policy chart, uh, Australia, New South Wales is currently the only state where you need to have medical a medical surgery to change gender on birth certificate but uh chris Smith wants to change that but new south wales already has a is it is it both an anti-homophobia and and trans phobia law that you can be taken before because not even uh victoria has that we have uh, obviously the conversion therapy ban uh, which also chris Minns wants to bring in in new south wales where you live uh, but we don't have a uh, 
LGBT hate speech laws. And again, you can see me doing the the uh, commas there, uh, just just so people know that uh, I'm just quoting what what they call the laws. Uh, so, what is the, the the law in New South Wales where you can be dragged all before uh, the courts? Well, look, it's all very confusing and untested in many ways, but uh, there are, you know, in in the Sex Discrimination Act in New South Wales, it says a man is a person who is a a male and a a woman is a person who is female of the female order. Um, And yet, you know, myself, I'm, as you said in the introduction, um, I've got two cases at NCAT, the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal, for misgendering two males who are playing in female soccer teams because I called them male. And they're male. All the evidence points to the fact that they're male. And yet uh, this will be, I guess, some sort of... uh, test case in a way but Chris Minns um well Alex Greenwich really is pushing for these things and uh Chris Minns is now saying he'll do Labor will do their own bill um but they do want to penalize anything that they they describe as or determine is um hateful or vilifying or ostracizing in that sense and it's uh, it's really mind-boggling because there's no way to measure these things there's no way to uh, put a boundary around it. There's no, you know, like if I punch you in the face, I have assaulted you. We know what that means and what it is. But when the words uh, keep getting changed, the meanings of words are changed. The Sex Discrimination Commissioner recently just wrote that um, sex doesn't doesn't really refer to biology, which is just incredible. Like tell a biologist that, tell a scientist that, because it's very important to have words that accurately describe what it is we're talking about so that we can communicate. And uh, to have the penalties now that if we misgender someone, which is correctly sexing them and identifying who they really are, uh, could lead to jail, could lead to a $100,000 fine, could lead to being sued, uh, that's a really very concerning place for us to be in as a society. Uh, now, uh, the it can be argued that Anna Cody, the new sex discrimination commissioner, is just uh, following uh, the law, uh, that uh, obviously the Sex Discrimination Act was amended in 2013. Uh, Julia's first female uh, prime minister uh, made uh, those amendments. Uh, what, what, did, what has been the yeah, it's well, over 10 years ago now. Yeah, one of the last acts she did, her last week in Parliament, uh, they removed the definitions of male and female from the Sex Discrimination Act and replaced it with those who identify as female or identify as male. There's no, what does that actually mean? We have no idea. Um, And, you know, again, it's not a law that's really been tested. Uh, Everyone errs on the side of caution in wanting to uh, make sure that they don't fall foul of the Anti-Discrimination Act. Um, But now there's a, there's several women, including myself, who are challenging those acts and saying that this is, it's not lawful uh, for you to redefine what these words mean. It's not lawful to muzzle us, to bully us and to uh, intimidate us into silence. So um, I don't know, it's all before the courts at the moment and uh, we'll see what happens. But I know that there's a growing cohort of women and men that will refuse to bow down on this altar of political correctness, on this altar of wokeism and uh, activism, because uh, it's nonsensical. It's not, as I said before, you can't measure it, you can't define it, whereas male and female you can define. It's simply that you have a reproductive system geared around the production of large or small gametes, and uh, it's been the scientific view for, you know, centuries um and well since day dot really but definitely for centuries in in terms of science and now you know activist politicians are wanting to avoid uh making a decision about these things and now the courts have to do it and who knows what will happen Uh, now there was a motion in the federal senate brought by pauline hansen to have an inquiry into uh gender affirming care that was also voted down. There were uh, several Liberals who crossed the floor to, to well, it, it, it was actually the, 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 the leader, uh, Simon Birmingham, in the Senate who, well, he decided to be, to be a conscience vote so he could vote against it. So did uh, Jane Hume. Uh, is there any others that I'm leaving out who should be na- named and shamed? 
Uh, Not off the top of my head, Tim. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, it was a very important bill and it was very, very disturbing that so many people, again, like in Victoria, uh, are refusing these inquiries because the evidence shows us that these pathways should not be undertaken for children and that uh, there's very serious consequences when we do. And, you know, the CAS review, which um, the initial findings in that review are horrifying and uh, we're yet to get to the conclusion of that review. But as a result of that review in the UK, they've stopped or paused uh, issuing these drugs to children unless it's in a clinical trial uh, because it's not safe for children. And so that there's Australian politicians who, you know, they hate Pauline Hanson so much that they would oppose a motion for a bill uh, that would protect or have an inquiry to protect these children. It's just disgusting and it reveals the true state of politics in this country where they would rather play politics than protect and safeguard kids. Well, they also had uh, Jacinta Price as well who uh, attended your Why Can't uh, Women Talk About Sex event in Parliament House and she, Jacinda Price, has said that this is also a an important issue for her, uh, that uh, the protection of, of women and vulnerable children in, in all settings. Yeah, absolutely. She, um, she spoke very powerfully at our Canberra event and she uh, made a commitment to pursue this now that uh, the no vote has been successful. Uh, because, you know, who are the most vulnerable women and children in Australia? They are in Indigenous communities. And, uh, you know, this, this insidious, horrible ideology that steals and robs children's innocence and identity and uh, health you know, the ability to have a healthy life is truly sad and very tragic. And so to have someone like Jacinta's voice in this space is going to be a very powerful and effective weapon against this ideology. And, uh, you know, what I love about this movement is that there's women across the whole political spectrum all ethnicities, uh, doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is, doesn't matter what your educational level is, uh, where are you united because this is an issue that affects all women and girls regardless of those things. And so, you know, I can stand arm in arm, well, you know, with people that uh, would have described themselves as left-wing, radical feminists, uh, lesbian, whatever it is, and, uh, but we're united on this issue and we will stand together and make sure that we win. And now Liberal South Australian Senator Atlantic, uh, he's uh, put forward a private uh, members bill to uh, ban uh, child uh, gender therapy, uh, though it does have a uh, exception for teenagers to change gender o- uh, only when diagnosed with long recognised sexual development disorders. Uh, do you know what he means by that? Uh, look, I don't. And, um, you know, yeah, that's yet to be seen. I wholeheartedly support a bill to ban these difficult, sorry, these dreadful pathways for children, for minors under 18. I think it's a, a, a really common sense move based on evidence, based on science, based on the, the medical studies that have been done. Uh, I'm not sure about exceptions. For me, Personally, uh, I I just can't see how that benefits anyone to um, endorse a lie through medicalisation because no matter what drugs you give that person, no matter what surgery you give that person, they will never change their sex. You know, if it's about appearances, there's better and other ways to go about it. Uh, But to reinforce a stereotype, to reinforce uh, something that is very dysphoric in your brain uh, by surgically changing your body or or having very harmful drugs i just can't see how that is the best way forward for these people do you believe that gender dysphoria is a medical condition that there are uh, biological males and and females who they they completely uh, identify and want to live with as the opposite sex 
Yeah, absolutely. It is an absolutely true and real condition. Uh, but what I, again, would argue is that it's based on um, a lie. And, you know, someone who's anorexic fully believes that they are overweight, fully believes that they're obese. Um, there's other conditions, you know, people who believe that they should have their arm amputated. And, uh, you know, it's something that they really is very ingrained and deep within their brain that they believe that. But we don't affirm those things uh, in people. We don't you know, surgically equip them uh, to live out what's going wrong in their brain. And so I don't understand why we're doing this for people when it comes to gender identity. It just doesn't make any sense uh, other than to make them lifelong medical patients and to, um, you know, weaponise them as activists. Obviously, uh, as as you said, there's nothing wrong with people uh, wanting to express themselves in in a way that uh, they feel comfortable with. And I'd also argue that I think many trans people they they recognise they're not delusional that they'll never biologically be uh, the opposite sex. They just feel comfortable as living as the the opposite uh, gender. Uh, but also, uh, they're definitely for those who want to pursue these uh, treatments and, well, they, when it comes to, obviously, the, the genital uh, surgery, which I'm going to get too uh, graphic, but they're definitely back in this, because trans people have existed forever. There, there seems to be back in the, like, even the <laughs> 20, 30 years ago, there was a lot more rigorous process, like having surgery, like, male to female, like change, uh, uh, basically melting down the, the penis to have a, a makeshift vagina. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. And there's obviously things that can go wrong. And there's a lot of host, there can be post complications and there's a lot of post treatment. I, so there, there was, it seems that it's all regressed, the sort of medical safeguards that were there. Correct. That's right. And uh, look, we really need to draw the line between children and adults again. I just, under no circumstance do I think a child should undergo any of those procedures because they cannot consent. They're not fully mature. They don't understand the implications. For an adult who wants to go through those things, I think there does need to be very rigorous um, safeguards for them as well, because usually an adult who is uh, suffering from gender identity issues has other underlying issues that also need to be addressed. But we also hear a lot from detransitioners or even uh, people who have gone through with the surgery and, as you said, are now suffering horrific infections. They didn't understand the full consequences. They didn't understand the uh, implications of what could happen when they have to dilate their faux their fake vagina every day because it's just a hole. It's not an actual vagina. Um, that the infections can happen. Um, it, it can be very graphic for women who have had uh, mastectomies, double mastectomies. Um, the leaking that can happen, the infections, the blood, the pus. It's really horrific. Uh, it's very debilitating, and I think there should be a very stringent uh, amount of safeguards for adults who want to go through these processes, and they have to understand. Uh, all of the, the complications that can happen. And uh, if they still want to go through with it, that is their choice. Uh, I don't think it should ever be Medicare funded. And I, I think that uh, that's, you know, that's an every adult's decision uh, and I won't stand in the way. But what I do have a problem with is when I'm then forced or um, compelled to lie or to go along with a lie. And, uh, you know, Tim, however you want to dress, whatever you want to do, you go and do it. But the moment you impose that on me or compel me to do something that's against my uh, ability to live freely in society, I think that we have a problem. Uh, I'm sure you know who Dana Pham and Catherine McGregor are. They're quite two prominent uh, trans women in Australia. I, I Obviously, I want to be as respectful as possible, so I call them by their preferred pronoun uh, but obviously I draw the line if there's obviously some clear clear male who's just don addressed and still has a beard and hasn't made any effort uh, I'm not uh, I'm certainly of the 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 original uh, the original reason why uh, Dr Jordan B Peterson became such a sensation he said I 
want to be respectful of people, but I'm not going to be compelled because this was also during the era of the infinite agendas. Uh, so there was, I'll mention the other uh, SJW uh, YouTuber, Gender Fluid, not the the other one, because we can't mention them for legal reasons, Milo Stewart, who said there there's probably millions and millions of genders. And Milo Stewart identified as, I don't know, by just cutting her hair short and that's it. Yeah, look, uh, look, yeah, I, I've I've come to the point, you know, when I started, I was trying to be as respectful as possible to people. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the, the probably in the last three or four years, I will not be compelled to lie about pronouns. Um, I will call Dana, Catherine, whoever, that what their name is. I don't have a problem with that. You know, people have nicknames. We call people by their surnames, you know, whatever name in conversation you want me to call you, more than happy to do that. That doesn't bother me at all. But uh, I will not call a male she or her and I think uh, part of the problem is when we concede that and we 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 go along with it because that line just keeps getting moved so not only are we at a point now where the media says things like her penis or his pregnancy um, you know we have very real consequences of that where a judge in New South Wales in Bankstown uh, local court made it wrote a decision about a person who had exposed themselves to a child in the public bathrooms and the judge wrote when she exposed her penis and so now we have this in the court I can't think how horrifying that is for the victims of sexual assault who you know are looking at a man and who has a penis who has assaulted them and then the judge is calling them she are you kidding me like so I just think no, there's there's no lines here uh, that should be crossed. If a male, if a person is male, he's he. If a person is female, she's she. That's that is the uh, that's the reality. That's the English language. That has what the words have always meant. Uh, but when it comes to your name, and I'm standing before you having a conversation, I will call you the name that you've asked me or you've introduced yourself as. I don't have a problem with that. I do believe that if somebody has committed a, a sexual uh, offence like that or a, a violent offence, like they, they, they've certainly lost the right uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, well, a lot of them want to exploit uh, the, the transgender uh, laws. I do, uh, if you've broken the law, uh, you should not be entitled to uh, these rights. And I think it was appropriate that 20 years ago, uh, Frankston serial killer uh, Paul Denyer wasn't allowed to become Paul Denyer. But if Paul Denyer uh, decided a well, year later, I am unsure, given the current laws in Victoria, eh, whether that would just be waived through now. Yeah, absolutely. We are, We know that there are males, very violent male criminals in female prisons in Victoria, in Western Australia, in New South Wales. This is happening. And um, again, you know, I, I think that the lines have become way too blurred. And and as you said, like 20 years ago, it actually wasn't much of a problem. There were plenty of, and they call themselves transsexual people, mostly male to female. Um, and I have a lot of supporters who are transsexual because they're very opposed to what's going on with children and to males imposing on women's spaces. But the thing was, they didn't insist that we call them female or accept them as female. They knew they were transsexuals. Uh, they just wanted to be respectful respected in public and I think that's very reasonable no one deserves to be bullied or ostracized uh, at all because of the choices that they make in their appearance um, but we've come to this point now where we're literally being told that we have to accept males as female that they have changed their sex and that's absurd nobody can do that and uh, I won't accept that As I was saying to you before, I, it's, I think that even a lot of uh, tra uh, transsexuals, as they used to be known, they, they do know that uh, they can never be the, the opposite uh, sex. Uh, but uh, we have reached this uh, post, well, uh, anti-science age where it's, what's the slogan, trans women are women, which yeah, is obviously nonsense. not true. Uh, that's it's nonsense. Now, and, and we've come to the point, sorry, I, I was just going to say, Tim, like in 2019, you know, well before Matt Walsh did the What is a Woman, we asked every Minister for Women in Australia, what is a woman? And every single one of them said to us, federal and state, anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. 
it's just completely farcical to make that statement when you can't define what a woman is how can you protect and promote women now it should be obvious to everybody that uh, biological men uh, should not be participating in uh, female sports i think the the tide is uh, turning on that obviously that's what's got you your uh, second uh apprehended violence order against you and i do know from uh, you don't have i'm just going to say this you don't have to say anything but i know how uh, the avo system can uh, be used and abused if the original police one fails then they can file a a personal uh, one and obviously the design of the the avo system was to uh, protect women uh, from uh, male abusers Correct. So um, I've actually had three applications brought against me. The first one was dropped and that was brought by an official from Football Australia who wanted me to stop criticising uh, transgender policies in Football Australia, soccer. Um, she withdrew hers before it went to court. Uh, the second one, uh, we spent six months fighting and preparing. That was a police brought, AVO, and uh, that went to Burwood Local Court just last month in September. And um Again, you know, we, we had to do so much preparation. It cost me tens of thousands of dollars for my legal team, which included the Attorney General or former Attorney General of New South Wales, Greg Smith. Uh, the current Attorney General sent along a barrister and two solicitors at taxpayer expense to sit through this whole day where we waited, 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 when finally the magistrate said to us uh, he was ready to hear the, the case, the application, the police withdrew that application. No apology, no explanation whatsoever. A third one, as you said, uh, is is the personal one that's been brought by a different football player and uh, that went to a full hearing uh, in a local court recently. We're still awaiting the decision. So um, I'm... It's all still in the application stages. The hearing has been done. Now we're in uh, the final stages of this court process before we now embark on the vilification complaint. So it's a very exhausting process. It's a very stressful process. It's very incredible to think that they could use uh, an apprehension of violence order against speech and political speech at that when uh, there's nothing violent in my words there's nothing violent in my manner or attitude I'm not inciting any violence I'm simply saying that males do not belong in female soccer teams and this is where we are in Australia. Though I I know you you'll uh, you'll you'll fight this all the way and uh, you did the you, you did uh, did the same uh, when uh, there there was uh, various uh, legal threats against you in your 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 previous activism with the Q Society and uh, halal choices but not everyone is as as tough as determined as as you I mean there's a lot who they'll just it'll just be too stressful to they don't want to go bankrupt and we'll just just right. uh, away that's right and you know as my in my role as spokeswoman for binary that's why i'm doing this because we have a hundred thousand email subscribers uh we know that there's hundreds of thousands of more australians who feel the same way every single day i receive emails from people who this is happening in their children's school or their local uh, sporting club or you know they're forced to participate in inclusion type lectures at work um, that have nothing to do with their job and things like that so and and I'm very aware that people uh, don't have the resources I have the resources because of the organization that I'm I front um, I do have the tenacity and I do have the, the the absolute desire this is the hill I will die on I will not uh, surrender I will not concede any ground in this fight um, but there are other women um, who are standing shoulder to shoulder in this like Sal Grover and Louise Elliott and uh, Holly Lawford Smith and uh, Dr. Gillian Spencer, like there's there's quite a few. Catherine Deves, we we will not um, be silenced. We will not uh, concede this ground because there are too many women, too many girls, and men who stand in this space and are, are bullied every single day. And it's just gone way beyond what it ever should have. And uh, we need to stand firm uh, to to roll this tide right back. Well, J.K. Rowling said the other day that she's prepared to to go to jail 
uh, <laughs> she was responding to that. Uh, it was put up in a public uh, space. Trans women are women. I mean, she has well, uh, she is prepared to put everything uh, on the on on the line. Uh, this is this is the hill that she's going to 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 die on, and. But I also say, like, it's impossible to cancel her. Her books will live on uh, f forever. Uh, yeah, she's a very wonderful woman uh, to, you know, make this such an important part of her legacy and that she uh, will go down um, if she goes down uh, with a fight. And, uh, you know, it's, it was actually in response to the UK are trying to bring in the law that if you misgender someone, you can face up to two years jail. Uh, Australia right now um, is debating the misinformation, disinformation bill, which I think will be weaponised in this space as well. Uh, we have the vilification and anti-discrimination laws that are already being tried for this as well. So, um. Yeah, look, I, I stand with her. I say exactly the same thing. I do not want to go to jail. I do not want to pay the fines. I do not want to go through this process. There's nothing in me that desires this. But uh, the the option, it, well, there is no option. I'm not going to look at my children in the eyes or look at the next generation or my sisters or my, um, you know, fellow countrymen in this place to go, oh, well, I, I, I didn't want to take it on, you know. It has to be fought. It has to be done. And if it means we end up in jail because we say men are not women, like how absurd that history is not going to look kind on the people who put us in jail, that's for sure. Well, there's already a teacher in Ireland who's been jailed because he wouldn't affirm a well, – he was suspended and then he was jailed for breaching – a restraining order at the at the school uh, while it was before the courts he wouldn't affirm a a child's gender so it's already happening albeit indirectly yeah and look there's always unfortunately i guess the martyrs and the the people who have to pave the way um by by you know counting the cost and going it's worth it because i just i don't want to be I don't want to pass on a society to my children and to the next generation based on lies uh, because where does it end? Like there, there is no measure in that sort of society. And so uh, hopefully the pendulum has swung as far as it's going to swing, but if it has to go further, I'll hang on for the ride. I will not bow down on that altar. And now one of the justifications uh, that uh, that is being put forward why they're in Victoria, why there needs to be urgent uh, LGBT hate speech vilification laws is to, well, um, basically silence opposition to drag queen story times, which have popped up at all of these local libraries. And, of course, Dan Andrews on Ida Hobbit Day, another one of those alphabet days, uh, invited uh, drag queens to read to children in the parliament and uh it's been again the the argument is that oh the the, the opponents of these drag queen story times that made uh, uh violent threats against the, the libraries are still yet to see any evidence of that but this is like uh, do you still know where all of a sudden this drag queen story time phenomenon uh, came yeah. from where it's in, I'll talk to that in just yeah look just but but even before that let's just be clear there's already laws in place that you can't be violent towards someone you can't assault them you can't harass them you can't um intimidate them so we don't need a special class of laws for lgbt people like the the law cover covers all people regardless of your sexual orientation your ethnicity whatever it is so it's ridiculous that this is even being you know discussed um in terms of drag queen story time uh look first of all i'll say you know drag queens belong in they're adult entertainers they belong in adult venues only there there is no reason whatsoever that um adult men with sexual fetishes fetishes to dress as women need to have an audience of children and why they want an audience of children well is beyond me or otherwise it's very obvious um and so to i, I believe it was america that started these drag queens drag queen story times but it's taken off around the western world and and here in australia lots of councils at ratepayer expense are paying for these men who dress as women make a mockery of women there's no difference between blackface and woman face whatsoever in my mind uh, it's disrespectful for women to women again if you want to disrespect women and go and enter be entertained by these people go and pay your money go to a bar an adult entertainment venue and do it but to have it paraded in front of children at the ratepayers expense 
is completely unnecessary. Um, we've seen lots in, in America where those men do have criminal records and should never be in front of children anyway. Um, and when you look at the social media of many of the drag queens in Australia who are being invited by these libraries, they are horrendous. The sexual innuendo, the foul language, the uh, sexual um sexuality or it's not the sexuality but the sexual expression of these people uh really does only belong uh to a very small cohort of people in our society and uh, there's just no need to expose children to it whatsoever well your friend lyle shelton he endured a two-year uh, ordeal a uh, being taken to court by a a drag queen who uh took offense at his uh, his posts and that was the same drag queen that the the late uh wilson gavin a gay man himself protested the drag queen's story time in the the brisbane library and uh, so, so that was obviously he like you he's he he fought it and was uh successful uh, but again uh it's the the process is the the punishment well, it is. And unfortunately, though, there's actually two drag queens in this case, and they have uh, launched an appeal uh, against that decision. It, as you said, took two years going through QCAT and uh, over $300,000 in expense to Lyle. I believe the drag queens are funded pretty much by the taxpayer. Um, and in my case, that's the same. Um, but Lyle has stood firm. And all he said was that they're not appropriate role models for children. Like he didn't swear, he didn't threaten, he didn't... Um, even draw any other moral sort of uh, conclusion and yet this battle has been going on and, uh, you know, un unlike yourself, many in the media refuse to report on it, talk about it, uh, discuss it, um, which, again, I think as Australians hear about these cases, they're actually horrified that this is where public resources are being used to silence political speech and just good old-fashioned common sense. I do disagree with you that uh, drag queens are doing woman face that they're mocking women. I, a, a lot of them wouldn't believe that's what they're doing. I don't think they are women. I mean, obviously, are they uh, dressing up? Uh, but uh, certainly, if an adult, uh, where we would agree, if an adult wants to go and see a drag show in an adult venue, uh, then go for it. Well, look, you know, I think there'd be a lot of people who wore blackface and said that they weren't insulting black people and that they were doing it to honour them or, you know, um, to experience their culture or whatever. And we don't accept that argument. So I don't accept that these men are not mocking women. I think they are mocking women. And uh, as a woman, I find it really offensive. But that's the beauty of a democracy in our country, Tim. We can have a difference of opinion and that's completely fine. Uh, you, you listen to my voice, I listen to yours, and that's really important. Um, but, yeah, we do both agree. Go to the venues, the adult venues, go for your life if that's what you want to do. Don't impose it on me and my children. And now we have seen some uh, trans women, biological males, win beauty pageants. Now, obviously, uh, beauty pageants are different from sport. Like, parts argue that trans women are at a disadvantage when they're competing in beauty pageants. Uh, what is it? We just had one magazine uh, say that Dylan Mulvaney was their woman of the year attitude, I think that it was and then there was some Australian magazine that said uh, that uh, uh, Danny Laidley uh, was the 92nd most beautiful women in 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 the world now my uh, like obviously I just think that the, the, that's funny uh, I these like they're just magazines like why should we take you know what some magazine we've never heard of uh, seriously i mean most of the time they're full of rubbish anyway oh look they are full of rubbish and i'd say in the case of the maxim magazine um, most people have forgotten they even existed or didn't know they existed so what a great way to get some publicity to have a man on your 92nd position of um 100 hottest women um you know but again it's this desensitization i think that there is the real issue that they're just trying so hard to make us accept that men can be women and uh you know yep you can have a laugh you can mock it say how ridiculous it is but it's it is a relentless push 
for society and particularly for young people to accept that uh, you can identify how you like and then you have the right to impose yourself in uh, women's spaces. And I think that's what's really dangerous here is that, again, we need to just wind right back to there's male and there's female. That's it. And uh, we deserve our single sex spaces and services. And, uh, you know, if Danny Laidley or Caitlin Jenner or whoever it is, um, Dylan Mulvaney want to wear what they or appropriate what they think is a female stereotype and then present as female, go for your life. Like it really doesn't matter. All of us can see through it, uh, you know, and again, we can be respectful to you face to face, but uh, there's no way that I'll accept that any of those men are women or have any right or access to my services or spaces where biological sex matters. Now, I'll finish off with where you see public policy on uh, this issue going. Now, obviously, it seems that the, the Labor Party, they're fully on board, uh, the transgender agenda, this only seems to be the, the sole uh, dissenter now in the New South Wales Greg uh, uh, the Greens Party, they've purged all the, the TERFs uh, from their party. Uh, the, the National Party. I'm not aware of any uh, that uh, that support uh, the transgender agenda. The Liberal moderates, particularly in New South Wales, they seem to have a lot of influence. Where I think a lot of them really would vote for Chris Minns' uh, bill. Uh, John Pesciuto, he does he does seem to have uh, he he got the Liberal Party to support uh, Moira Deeming's uh, motion to, to have uh, an, an inquiry. I'm not sure if they can. That means that there can be a, a decent mediation between John Pseudo and Moira Deeming. Uh, we shall see about that. Uh, the Libertarian Party, David Limbrick in Victoria and, and John Ruddick, well, it was John Ruddick that uh, he was uh, helped uh, facilitate the Why Can't Women Talk About Sex in uh, I used to be a member when it was the Liberal Democrats, and back in back then, about ten years ago, they were fully fully embraced. Well, if you should have the freedom to like change your change your your gender, bodily autonomy, uh, but there does seem to have been a, a shift in that party there. But particularly, people shouldn't be compelled, and child safety should be uh, should be safeguarded. So. There is a there, there is a debate at least a discussion at least that's occurring amongst some political parties now. Yeah, that's right. The libertarians have been absolutely such great supporters um, of myself and and other women in this space and uh, for safeguarding the children. And there are pockets here and there. Uh, One Nation have also been um, really good in um, defending women's rights and child safeguarding in this space. Um, but where we go, like it's in, it's what we're hearing increasingly is that left-leaning women are politically homeless. They have no one that they can support. They won't support uh, some of the right-leaning parties. Uh, They feel very betrayed by Labor and the Greens. Uh, And so I I guess the Libertarians are sitting pretty in that sense uh, that they might pick up some of those votes. But uh, we're seeing around the world, uh, you know, that the pendulum is swinging and we'll come back to the centre uh, eventually we have to hang on uh, for that to happen. But um, the Labor Party and the Greens have really let women down in this country in many, many ways and they're getting more and more exposed. Uh, we'll all keep working hard to shine a light on them. Uh, and it's now just up to common sense, reasonable people uh, to come back to that position of defending biological reality, women and girls' sex-based rights, parental rights and child safeguarding. Well, thank you for joining me again, uh, Lee. I I hope that when we we next uh, next catch up, I, there is some sanity uh, prevailing uh, because, like, like I said in my introduction, I mean, COVID was pretty crazy, and uh, this is this is crazy as well. Uh, good luck with your legal cases. You've got an excellent uh, legal team, including uh, a friend of the Unshackled, uh, Kyle uh, Kutazi, as well. He's great. Uh, <laughs> He's and, great. Uh, and uh, I know that you'll be uh, determined. You know, you'll see this through all, all, all the end. You're the most uh, determined activist I've ever come across. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate it. And it's great talking to you.
And that's Wilmsfront for this show. I'll be back tomorrow night. Tim's News Explosion on the Wilmsfront channels at 9pm Melbourne time on YouTube, Odyssey and Rumble. Uh, make sure that you give this interview a like and a comment below. Make sure that uh, you click the bell to allow for notifications. Uh, now, the theorists uh, with myself and Andy Notch will be taking a week off. Uh, so Andy is going up to Queensland to film his uh, Barrier Reef documentary. I'll also be taking a week off. Well, uh, Paul Brennan, uh, breakfast host at Reality Check Radio, will be taking a week off. So there'll be no Wilms report uh, from me uh, that week, obviously. <laughs> well, I'm quite uh, uh, burnt out from all of the voice referendum coverage. And uh, so it's yes, the Reality Check Radio team uh, with all the with all of the, the New Zealand uh, general election coverage. Uh, there'll be more reports from Tiger Mount with Richard Wollstonecroft uh, coming. Uh, I'm sure uh, that uh, if you want to uh, support uh, the work of the Unshackled, uh, that uh, you can take out an Unshackled uh, premium membership at uh, the unshackled.net uh, slash membership. Uh, so we do have uh, different levels of support available uh, so there is bronze for five dollars per month uh, silver for ten dollars per month gold 25 dollars per month and platinum fifty dollars per month thank you everyone for watching uh, i'll be back live uh, tomorrow night i look forward to seeing you all then because there is so much to, to cover uh, with obviously uh, the continuing uh, israel hamas uh, conflict and uh, plenty of other developments locally. I'll see you all then. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes and keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows and to keep up with the latest real news and analysis.